Well, for some of you, I just ruined your day. <laughs> Talking about money and church, whoa. Money's a funny thing. It's one of the most important things in our lives, but we don't want to talk about it. I want to ask you two quick questions, and I don't want to share a hand, show a hands because we don't want to talk about money. First question I would ask you is, are you making more than you did 10 years ago? And I would suspect that for the vast majority of, the, of us, the answer would be yes. The second question would be, are you more satisfied with your finances than you were 10 years ago? And there again, I suspect for the vast majority of us, the answer would be no. It's interesting how the quantity of money we have doesn't always have to do with the frustration that we have with it. Why is money such a frustration for us? Well, the good news, if it's sort of a sick kind of good news, is that being frustrated with money isn't something new. It's always been a problem, and it's not just us. These are the words of Solomon, and he was, at, in his day, one of the richest men in the world. And his appraisal of all he had experienced with money was, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. It's all meaningless. And when he uses the word meaningless, it's like, it's all a fog. It's all just this, you can't get your head around it. It's incomprehensible. But maybe the problem isn't money itself, but how we think about money. We started last, uh, two weeks ago, we started a new sermon series called Blessed. And in this, we're looking at the whole idea that each of us really is blessed. Yes, there's always people who have better off, more, whatever, uh, healthier, you name it. We could always find somebody further along. But the truth is, the reality is, we're all blessed. But part of the thing that we're looking at is the idea which Scripture talks about, that God doesn't just bless us just for the fun of blessing us, and He doesn't even just bless us so we can keep it and enjoy it for ourselves. But actually, God blesses us with a, a greater, a higher purpose so that He can have us use those blessings to bless others, to pass them along. And he started using that concept all the way back with Abraham. And then Peter says to us Christians that we're inheriting that role. That God blesses us so he can use us to bless others. But in the process that means for each of us, God actually has a purpose for us. We don't just exist. It's not just about what do I want to do with my life or my career but that God actually is interested in each of us and has work for each of us to do, things for each of us to do. Paul talks about that in Ephesians. We looked at it. That each of us are God's workmanship, God's work project. You are God's work project, whether you realize that or not. We have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's you. 
That verse is about you, every one of us. And that's why He has blessed us. Because He has work for us to do that we can in turn touch other lives and bless others. Last week, we focused on who we are. That God gives us abilities and skills and, and our personality. And our emotions, the things that we're passionate about, even the experiences, He leads us through life. And He gives us all of that because that's part of who we are. And He wants us to use all of that, not just for ourselves or our career or our advancement or our fulfillment. But to use all of that to touch other lives. To help them with what we can do. Well, what I want you to see is that this applies to other areas of our lives, not just our skills and abilities. We've got two more coming after today. But today we want to talk about another resource that God can use, a resource that we have to bless others, and that's our money. The things we have that money buys. We certainly probably see our money as a blessing. That, that's not a hard leap for us. However much we do have, it's like, wow, that's great, we've got that. We probably all want more. But what we've got, we, we do that. We, we easily talk about our money as a blessing. But what if we put it in this lens of blessed? What if God gives us the money He gives us, so just like our abilities... He'd like to use that money to bless others. Our income, our resources, the things we have. That all of those, what if it isn't just for me? The stuff I have. And that actually He wants to use those resources through us to touch other lives. But I'm sure most of us sitting here would be saying, whoa, 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 time out, time out. I need my money. I'm, no, seriously, I really need my money. Don't be talking about God giving it away. I need it. I worked hard. I earned it. I saved it. And I need it. I think that's a pretty typical perspective. But there's two errors in that thinking. It's okay to be there, but at least be open to the fact that there might be something wrong in that thinking. And I want to talk for just a second about those two errors. The first one being the, the thought that I earned it all. And I understand why you're saying that. Obviously, we do our work and we get a paycheck for it. Our natural reaction is to say it's mine because I earned it. There's an interesting perspective that I want us to get that God gave to the nation of Israel. It's over in Deuteronomy. He, he, he talked to Israel when they were still just getting out of Egypt. So they've all been slaves for hundreds of years. Um, they virtually have nothing other than some things the Egyptians gave them. And they're going to go across the Sinai Peninsula. And God says, I am going to bring you into this wonderful place. And you're going to have great crops. And you're going to have great resources. And you're going you're to feel wealthy. But as you feel wealthy and have all that stuff... There's actually a danger in those blessings. 
And he said, that danger is so real, I need to warn you about it in advance. While you're still here as poor slaves, I need to warn you before I bless you. And we need to let that warning be for us too. First of all, in 12 through 14, God says to Israel, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, when you're blessed, then your heart will become proud and you'll forget the Lord your God. That's the danger of being blessed. We can forget God. And then jump down to verses 17 and 18. You may even say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember... It's the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the very ability to produce wealth. The thing that's easy for us to forget is our skills and abilities, our jobs, our life, uh, an environment that allows us to save and the savings is still there. All of those things are ultimately from God. And we can't control any of those things because they're really from God. It's still God who allows all of this to happen. That's the first mistake to think, well, I could do this without God. I don't need God. Here's the second mistake. And that is when we say, I need what I have. Remember the Council of Solomon from the Ecclesiastes that we read, be careful with money. But our natural response is going to be, I I need what I have. If I had excess like some people, hey, they should definitely give and help. But me, I need it all. The problem is, think for a minute of why we say that. Well, we have our needs. And I need my money for the status it gives me. I need it for emergencies. I need it for security. I need it for an unknown future. I need it for satisfaction in life and the experiences it gives me. We have quite a list. The problem is, is that working for us, that approach? Because I think Solomon's right. We can have a lot of money, but it doesn't give us security. We can have a lot of money, but we're not really satisfied with life. And we can have a lot of money, but there's all kinds of emergencies that we can't be prepared for. And money won't help us with. Our future is not secure. The reality is the things we're looking to money for, money can't satisfy. Money can't meet those needs, but God can. If you go back and think about all of those, God can give us worth. God can meet our needs, and God, only God, can take care of the unknown future. Only God can give us the security that we want. It, it's not money. So now we can go back to God's economic plan, how He wants to bless us, and how that blessed mentality may even apply to our funds. And through those funds, we can bless others. In 2 Corinthians 9, Paul talks about some Christians who got this. 
and he uses them an example. And in the process, he says this in verses 9 and 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. We looked at this diagram last week and applied it to our abilities and skills and, and all of that that we could do. But Paul says, what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9 is that that also applies to our financial resources. That God gives them to us, but in the hope, the plan, that we will pass those along and, and share with others. And the wonderful thing that Paul promises us is that when we do that and praise is going up to God, He gives us more. And we just keep blessing and giving to others, and we don't run out. What the Bible says to us is that God gives us our resources because God wants to take care of His church. And He doesn't just mysteriously deposit money in the Andover Christian Church account. He deposits it in our accounts. So that we can pass it on and share it and take care of those needs that God wants met. And that that's not just how it works for this church. It works for missionaries too. That God wants to build up His kingdom. And so He doesn't just put money in, in a kingdom account, a missionary account, a, a college account. He puts it in our accounts. So that we can help what God's trying to do in Mindanao. And reach teenagers. And they can have the resources they need. He, he puts it into our account. So church leaders in Kazakhstan can be trained. And he puts it into our account so that orphans in Liberia can have food and a place to sleep and classes. And it's not just God's mission work. There's needs, real needs around us that God says, you know what, they don't even know me, but I want to help them. So I'm going to give you some money so you can help them. Because you can be there. That there's poor and homeless people around you. And I'm going to give you some money so you can help them. And don't worry, you're going to run out because you won't. There's kids in Adams Elementary School who don't even have socks or underwear or boots or hats or gloves. And I care about those kids. So I'm going to give you money so you can help me help them and take care of those needs. We're God's plan to meet all of these kind of needs that God's heart cares about. And the wonderful promise of God is that He will take care of our future. It's not the amount of money in my checking account that will take care of my future. It's God who will. He will meet my needs, your needs, if I'm helping Him like He asks us to. And God can provide all those. Money can't, 
but God can cover all of those needs that we worry about. God says, I got this covered. Your future, I got it covered. Your needs next year, I know you're worried, but you don't need to. I'm here, and I'm not going anywhere. Trust me. He says, I'll just keep replacing what you're using for me so you don't run out. And that really brings us to one of the few times in the Bible where God issues a dare to us. Some of you have heard that scripture. Oftentimes, you know, saying, I dare you to God, that seems pretty dangerous. But this is where God says it himself. He says, go ahead, test me. It's in Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. It literally, verse 10, chapter 3, God speaking, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so many blessings, there will not be room enough for you to store them all. Now that's God saying, try me, see if I don't do this. And if you read earlier, he's saying, if you honor me with what I give you, and you use it and bless others, go ahead, see if you run out. Basically, God's saying, you can't outgive me. And so then we come to this other chart we saw last week. God just blesses us more as we're giving away more. And more and more lives are being touched, and God learns that he can trust us. And the concept that God teaches and lays out for us is, uh, let's just start with one in ten. I'm going to give you ten dollars. You keep nine, use one for me. And honestly, you think about that, well, that's a pretty good deal. God says, great, let's now give you another ten. Keep one. I mean, keep nine. Now I got 18. Wow. And God just says, keep, he keeps sliding over another stack of ten, of ones. Said, so just use one for me. You keep nine. The Bible word is tithing, but that's really all it is. And God, and that's what he's saying in Malachi, you use one for me, you keep nine, and you just keep doing that. And I know you think you need that tenth one, but you really don't. Use it for me. And then he says, you keep doing that. You will not be able to contain how much I will bless you. Now, I know that sounds absolutely insane and crazy and unbelievable, except that it's true and it works. And there's numerous people in this church who would raise their hand and say, work for me. I know Peggy and I would say that. It works. It's true. And I understand that may be you. So I would really urge you and give you permission for you if, you, if that just sounds unbelievable, then start with one quarter. Start with 50 cents. Just start. And let God use you to bless others and let him prove to you that he can be trusted. And what will what, happen, and what, because it happens so often in people's lives, is you're going to look like, gosh, I got so much here, I can actually, I'm going to give $2 and just keep 8 because God just keeps blessing me. And that way I can do more. And it really is neat to see other people touched and helped. And I get to be a part of that. And that blesses me. So I'm going to do more. 
and people go to 20% and 30%. And I know that sounds goofy, but I actually sat and heard a guy talk in his testimony. He was giving 90% of his income away. Now, he wasn't suffering. He was the largest John Deere dealer in Illinois. John Deere and Illinois go together really well. He wasn't suffering, but he was giving away 90% of his income to God. I have a friend who does consultant work for a, a man in Wisconsin who owns a factory, a business. Out of that business and what God is giving him, he is supporting 61 missionaries himself. He's funding 61 missionaries around the world. He's not suffering because God says, you can't outgive me. You can't outbless me. You take what I have and you use it to bless others and trust me, the blessings are going to keep flowing to you. You can't outbless me. God can be trusted. So if you want to worry about keeping your money and making sure you hold on to it, Jesus tells us how to do that. In Matthew, he says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth because they won't last. You can't keep those. He says, moths are going to eat it. Vermin are going to destroy it. Thieves are going to break in and steal it. Bad choice. But then he goes on to say, store up for yourself treasures in heaven because that's where moths and vermin can't destroy it and where thieves can't break in and steal it. Store up your money there. By being a blesser. By taking God's blessing and blessing others with your resources. With your money, with the stuff you have. Maybe it's that a neighbor needs to use something. Maybe somebody else needs that extra coat that you really don't need. It's not just our money, it's the stuff we've got. And that we can look at ways to use that. God, how do you want me to use that to bless somebody else? Jesus gives us a warning if you read that final verse. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that warning of Jesus is, where's your heart? Because if you're focused on your money, that's where your heart's going to be. But if you're focused on God and how He can use you, and you're not holding on to that stuff, then that's where your heart's going to be. Focused on God. And that's where your treasure is going to be, and that treasure will never be taken from you. You will have wealth in heaven because you let God use you to bless others with what he gives you. So you can be a blessing, and he'll bless you right back. It is the ultimate win, win, win. We win, they win, God wins. And then we win all over again. Now God says to each one of us, I promise you it'll work. Dare me. I dare you. Test me. So really the challenge for us is we either do it, and if we don't think it'll work, well, try it. God says it'll work. Let's pray.
Father, there are so many ways that we are blessed, that you bless us, and we thank you for all of them, and that includes our money. And we thank you for that blessing. But it's hard, money. It's hard, God. Money is just, um, it's real important to us, and we look to it for so much, even though it never really delivers, but we keep looking. So we need your help. Help to take that risk and, and try your, your way, your economic plan, and be a little looser with our money to use it to bless others and not just hold on to it, and watch how you bless them and you bless us back. Father, it really does work. Help us have the courage to take your dare, to test you, to use our money to bless others so you can get the praise and the glory. In your son's name.